and it's crazy that it's crazy to think that um, even with like video footage, you know, that we'd still be struggling so hard mm -hmm. to prove to people that black lives um, are seen as as less in mm -hmm. this country by so many. They demanded to speak to him. They went to the administrator's office. They held signs. They just they they were disruptive. I mean, they they were loud. I mean, they, they were loud. Also, because I do believe that Black Lives Matter, I do believe that there's a lot of stuff happening in which Black people um, are just portrayed in the media as violent, as like uneducated. They're just like a negative um, image connotated to them or attached to them. But then at the same time, they're always the ones under attack, whether that be through active threats or whether that be through microaggressions or aggressions in general. I do feel like um, black people and then like a lot of black students on campus especially are under yeah. these um, like negative portrayals. Yeah. It's not just in talking to people, it's in like the products you consume and the way stores are structured and the way the media just regurgitates all these stereotypes and things. It's mm -hmm. And so um, that kind of really stuck with me and just like all these things, because I am from Ferguson, mm -hmm. so like all these oh, things really? kind of just started running through my head, like the things that actually go on to my community that I didn't really realize is a problem growing up because you're in the environment and when you're right. in the environment you really don't realize that you are oppressed, so to speak, mm -hmm. because you live it every because, day. Because uh, mm -hmm. I didn't go to mm -hmm. a $60,000 high school, yeah. um, that I am behind some of my peers, not because I'm not as smart as them, but just because, again, I have not been as privileged with them yeah. uh, as them. And there's no resources here to help me get ahead. Mm -hmm. I just have to do everything for, by myself. I have to create my own social scene. I have to create my own academic tutoring. I have to just make a way. I meet somebody and they'll be really friendly and upfront, but when they see me later on campus, like they wouldn't speak to me at all. So I think that just kind of opened my eyes to, oh, it's because I'm black. It's not because you know they don't know me as a person, or not necessarily that they don't like me as a person. I mm -hmm. think it's that they don't. But I'm aware me. of people's like, so whether it's direct or indirect, mm -hmm. like subconscious or un, um, or conscious, like ways in which they're mm -hmm. attempting to make me feel. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm a guest, whether they think they are or not. Yeah. So, on the row. Yeah. And when I'm asked, do I go here? Yeah. When I'm called a black bitch. When... And when I say community there, I mean, it tends to be generally, like, black community, as opposed to, like, overall Emory community, or else this wouldn't be necessary. Emory prides itself on being a community of care. It's love it, caring for diversity and inclusion for celebrating difference and for challenging people to think about like what it's like to be yeah. somebody other than themselves and I think that Emory like most institutions um, of higher education have fallen fallen so short on that. Yeah. Getting administrators and students to view black people as being deserving of being here on this campus I think yeah. that's another big issue that um, they really think that, you know, we're probably here, like, oh, they're just trying to meet a quota, or, you know, yeah. you're not as smart as we are, you're just here, you don't yeah. pay full tuition. So I think just respecting yeah. the black body on campus and respecting mm -hmm. us as just deserving as everyone else mm -hmm. around or here. Or usually yeah. it's not even breaking news, it's just someone posts a, a video online 
uh, and then, you know, go before you even click on the video, kind of know exactly what's about to happen. Right. And then, sure enough, that's, it, you know, yeah. And and so I remember uh, feeling angry more than anything. Just angry. Mm-hmm. When the Tamir Rice decision came out, I was in the Emory Black Student Union or the EBSU and I was just I was trying to do work but like I just couldn't and it was one of those moments where like for me personally I literally had to just step outside and I just tried calling my mom which is actually something I'd never done before Mm -hmm. and just and it was looking back it was so it was a turning point for me because like I knew and I have all I had all these ideas in my head Mm -hmm. and Everything was there, but that was the first time I'd been impacted so much, I think, emotionally, specifically. It's, it's very different to talk about, like, what something's done to you mm-hmm. um, versus, you know, chanting some some sort of phrase, right? Right. So I think for a lot of people, it's getting something off of your chest. Mm-hmm. And then it's also very calming. But it's definitely, a, it's definitely just, I'm um, seeing a group of people, it's, it's morning, right? Mm-hmm. It's morning at the end of the day. Okay, well, I was, we were lying down on the ground, and um, we were being very still, and um, it felt, it was, it was a very emotional experience, it, it, it was sort of all-encompassing, it felt very serious. And I'm laying on the ground, and I'm next to all these people who are... Like sitting there feeling the gravity of what exactly is being said and what we're appreciating and who we're remembering and I started to cry and I was like internalizing everything that was being said and I was just just like really frustrated and cynical and And it it just took such like a psychological toll, and I was like, I can't, I can't keep doing this. I can't mm-hmm. keep putting myself in this position so where I'm just. When we got to the intersection and we stopped all this traffic and we got all these white people just looking at us, like I started bawling because I was like, this is a big problem, and like these people are literally looking at us and really don't understand why we're standing right here. They're mm-hmm. probably just like, can we you move so we can go home? Right. And that really bothered me. People who are frustrated with you for interrupting the like. The course of their daily lives, like right. get the fuck out of the way, so I can put my car to my home and live my life. Like, mm-hmm. if you want to protest, please do it off to the side, or <laughs> you're not going to interrupt me. And being in such close proximity with people who just really don't care, who don't understand, who don't care, who don't want to care, is the most frustrating thing because there's like no greater sense of utility and like hopelessness and just defeatism than look like realizing you have so much power to change the situation and you could if you listen to us like you could so easily understand where we're coming from and help us towards a solution but you just don't care you don't care about me you don't care about these people you don't care about mm-hmm. who's dying because it's not you and it's not your daughter and it's not your like co-worker's friend you know it's mm-hmm. and that and that's hard that's if really it's hard. like oh man black people are being treated wrong by the police if i'm a white person like i like 
I, that, that won't affect me. Like, it, it, might, it could affect my conscience. Like, I, could, I care. I mm-hmm. would care. But, like, it's just, like, it won't affect my life directly. So I feel like it. once it affects your life directly, it's easier to, like, pay attention to it and say, hmm, like, let's think about what, what's going on, what they're saying. I'm at this point where I'm no longer handing people the excuse of... I don't understand what you're saying to me. Because it's been said so many times, it's been broken down so many times, yeah. that at this point, I'm believing for the majority of people that if you're choosing to not understand, you're yeah. choosing to be ignorant because it's comfortable, mm-hmm. because you don't have to address your privilege, you don't have to address how you you receive that privilege, and you don't have mm-hmm. to address what your privilege does to other people. Like, million-dollar question for me is, how do we engage those who need to have this dialogue but do not seek it um, and do not necessarily care to have it because they don't have to. Just That's where it should start. Like, I feel like there should be more of an open communication. Right. You know, like, it, there should, it shouldn't really be begging as much as, like, right. I'm letting you know that this is, like, a problem. Mm-hmm. So you, you're either, like, doing nothing, and you, that, that signifies to me that you're okay with this problem, because, like, if I tell you, if you're my friend and I tell you I'm in distress and you don't change your actions at all in any way or don't, like, then I know, okay, well, then she doesn't care that I'm in distress. People just not willing to listen and being so dismissive about the experiences of others that they can't relate to and being very reductive about it, too, and saying that, oh, you're just overreacting like you. <coughs> you clearly handled the situation wrong, like... That wasn't a microaggression, like you're just... The alleviation of some of the silencing Mm -hmm. and um, uncomfortability of the black and brown students on Emory's Mm -hmm. campus. I just want the majority, instead of like telling the press, saying like, hey, we, like, you're wrong, you shouldn't feel this way, like, oh, like, you're not really feeling racism, instead of like saying that, we should ask them, like, why do you feel this way? How can we help you to not feel this way? When it's um, clear as day that nobody's taking the time to, to actually talk to somebody mm-hmm. um, and instead are claiming that um, we need evidence to back up what we're saying or uh, that we're um, using racially charged, like, language and uh, or divisive means of of getting our point across right Mm -hmm. that's equally frustrating so it's like a you really just can't win right Mm -hmm. it's just so frustrating i can't i can't say a damn thing without people thinking that i'm overreacting or being an angry black woman like i And at the end of the day, it just comes down to what people already think and what they've been taught. And if they think that I am so different and so distant and so focused on race and so wrapped up in my own little everything is racially motivated universe that I can't see facts. You're going into it knowing that a lot of people will simply accuse you of being um, of of trying to create a problem, right? That's what a lot of people 
will say is, is that um, instead of fixing in a, a problem, mm-hmm. you're actually creating a problem or, or making a problem where there isn't one, right? Mm. Um, right. And so I think in that aspect of saying, like, you know, yes, we are here. Yes, we do have a voice. And we are going to make sure that voice is heard both on campus and off campus until like you acknowledge the fact that we are here. We're here, we're on campus, and we do demand changes. Mm-hmm. Whether you know you think like, oh, they're just being overly sensitive, or yeah. whether you support it or not, you are acknowledging the fact that there is a black president on campus, and we do see these discrepancies. We're not just going to sit back and let it happen. And getting people to understand that we, the black students at Emory, do know what's going on in the world, and we are literally physically standing in solidarity with these other places because we understand. We get like we get what's going on. You're going to feel uncomfortable enough where you have yeah. to like acknowledge the fact that I'm here and that I'm saying something, and that's what the protests have been successful in doing. You know, protests and riots um, wouldn't be necessary if people actually listened instead of just. Uh, dismissing right. claims of, of discrimination on campus right. um, because it's real. It does mm-hmm. happen. And just because people don't necessarily want to talk about it mm-hmm. doesn't mean it's not real, you know? And we're saying like, oh, well, the majority of students don't think that this is necessary, you know? Mm-hmm. Then that's, you know, our voices are basically canceled out because right. we're looking at data and we're saying like, oh, this isn't right. statistically significant. Right. Um, seeing as there aren't many of us here. Um, because it makes people uncomfortable and because it's forcing them to listen, uh, a, a protest can also be valuable just because it's showing you know, a group of people that we won't be silenced. I want to live and you're not listening to me. Mm-hmm. You want to get home from work, so... <laughs> Yeah, I'm a block off the road to yeah. so you can't get home to work. So you're forced to listen to me, mm-hmm. or I'm going to make a lot of noise in the library so you can't study. And mm-hmm. you want to study? Okay, that's great. I want to live, so let's make a compromise. Uh, I guess not. Pro- once you once you stop protesting, uh, you stop fighting for what you believe in, and so people are going to keep protesting. A riot is basically the voice of the unheard. Mm-hmm. Um, or like the voice of the oppressed, it's in a lesser-ish way. Mm. It's the same with protests, you know. Mm-hmm. I think that's a way of saying, like, look, you have not heard us up till now. Mm. There's, like, rarely are there protests in the world for something that, like, people just didn't try and go, quote-unquote, through the I system to, often to, change. Like, to change. Yeah. People of color are sold, and some fall into this idea that of respectability politics. Yeah. Just act white enough, appease the white man enough, and yeah. you'll be okay. And it's not true. Yeah. As long as we're as long as we're trying to sit at a table that was never made there's no seat for us there in the first place, yeah. we're not gonna be successful. We need to create a new table yeah. that's inclusive of mm-hmm. us. A new table with a seat that, you know, fits us versus yeah. trying to I guess like fit on a seat that we're not supposed to fit on. Yeah, I think it's important, firstly, that like people are even talking about it, mm-hmm. and even maybe not even talking about it, but bringing up the issue, even mm-hmm. if it's like one-sided, somebody mm-hmm. has to vocalize it. 
mm-hmm. um, for people to even start thinking about like people, it. Getting people out of their comfort zones and having them engage with different communities and understanding that there's more to lived experiences than mm-hmm. just your Not rushing to judgments, trying to understand that people come from different backgrounds, but are realizing that we all have something in common, like we're Emory students, so yeah. we're on the same level in some way or fashion. Yeah. I think dialogue tends to help, but the problem with dialogue is that you have all these people asking like ignorant questions through mostly no fault of their own because they haven't been exposed to different communities they just want to know they just want to understand where you're coming from but then for the minority students having to talk about what they go through and why it's frustrating and why it's an issue and just constantly explain themselves that's exhausting too like it's just kind of like going into something oftentimes knowing you won't be heard and yeah. so that's pretty difficult and then when you're proven you know right it's it's you know it it makes it a lot harder to to keep going for sure they think that then they're just not going to listen to a word i say then yeah. that is the worst 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 thing and sometimes it's and sometimes it's easy to just be like, I don't care. I don't care. Like, I can't, I can't do this. I can't talk to people. I can't about this. I can't put effort into explaining what I'm you know, feeling. Making some people uncomfortable mm-hmm. with, a, with a harsh reality, mm-hmm. right? Um, which is not, the reality isn't necessarily that black lives matter. The reality mm-hmm. is that black lives don't matter mm-hmm. and we are being forced to to like show you that yeah. you know black lives do in fact matter to stop hiding behind this idea of ignorance when listening to these things yeah. and being like I'm making a conscious decision to either understand this or I'm yeah. making a conscious decision to not or no. more so agree and then disagree let's just say call it is do you agree do you not agree are you for it are you not stop saying that you don't understand yeah. <laughs> like yeah. we're yeah. beyond that at this point yeah so i'm just challenging people like let's try and try and listen to what the other like what people are saying it's not you necessarily have to agree yeah but at least listen like what's so scary about that and here mm-hmm. and here yeah like more so than listen yeah